This is Henry Kennedy. I'm the executive director of Kiev Wabas Education. You're listening to the Quest Podcast, stories from Dermascotta Lake. Kiev Wabas has been here for about 100 years, so we headed out to talk with some of our alumni to hear some of their stories and share them with you. Come a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, okay, this is great. Okay. Yeah. I am actually sitting here with uh, one of my favorite people in the whole world today. His name is John Perkins, but I will let you introduce yourself, John, and let us know when you were at Kiev, if you wouldn't mind. Thank you, Henry, for that nice introduction. I don't believe a word of it, <laughs> but now we'll get serious. Um, I came in, my name's John Perkins. I came in 1960. And I was a camper 60 to 64 when I was 11 to, I guess, 13. Uh, I then was a counselor in, I believe, 67. I have two brothers, Bill and Charlie Perkins, who both went to camp after me. Mm -hmm. And then I had, let me think now, a nephew named Zach Gardner who went in about 1983. And then my kids started going in the early 90s, and they were Sid, Francis, and Ike. Francis is a girl. She was a counselor. And uh, the boys were both campers and counselors. Mm -hmm. Was your dad over there? No, my dad wasn't there. Okay. And that will bring up something interesting that I think is is part of your questions anyway, Henry. Yeah, sure. Um, My dad went to Allagash. Okay. Allagash was run by Doc Wallace, who became my dad's father-in-law when he married Betsy, Doc's daughter. Mm -hmm. Allagash was up on Moosehead Lake. They then sold Allagash and moved down to Camp Caribou. Now, the reason I bring all this up is because they were out of Philadelphia at Haverford School, and I know Dick and his brother Don uh, spent a lot of time in Philadelphia and did go to Haverford School at one point and knew Doc quite well and also my mother and and uh, her younger sister, Jeannie. So that's that's how we got to know about Camp Kiev. Did your dad know the Bucks, do you know? I believe he did back in the day, and, and I... Because Whip went to uh, Caribou, too. Did he? And okay. And then it closed, and yeah. then they had to find a that's camp right. similar, and yeah. they yeah. found us. I see. That's how they got there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in the day, I think Allagash and, uh, uh, and Kiev, uh, they were too far away to be rivals or anything like that, but they were they were definitely sort of co-equal camps on the in the main woods and people loved them both. Mm-hmm. So John, when you think of your time at Kiev, what uh, what immediately comes to mind for you? The Kiev family and how very much we felt we were part of a community together of people that even if they didn't say so, loved each other and respected each other and that was a wonderful thing. The things that struck me when I first went there, I'd never been up north before. And all of a sudden, we were in the north woods. I was very excited about that. I'd heard about it from my grandfather and uh, with Camp Allagash and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, the beauty of the lake astounded me right from the beginning. And there was a mystic connection that we all felt with the place, with the, with the loons, with the big pine trees, with the northern lights that we saw some of the time and had never seen anywhere else. 
It was the Maine woods, and they were very special, and they still are. And they probably always will be, but uh, it's going to take some effort. Yeah. So back in the day, getting from Philadelphia... Oh, boy. I knew you were going to get to this. To yeah. yeah. Uh, how did you literally get to Cannes? Yeah. Well, first, I have to say that 1960 was Dick's first year as director. 59, if I'm not mistaken. His brother, Don, took it over for one year. Their mother, Aunt Harriet, had had to take it for, uh, I think, about 12 years and hired a man named Stokely to uh, help her run it. But the boys, Dick and Don, decided that they would step in. And and so Dick took it over in 60. He was 28 years old. And I think we had about 40 campers. It was, it was a very different camp physically from the way it is today. But the spirit was very much the same. Now, how did we get to... Kiev that first summer. Uh, we didn't take the train. We put, our, we put our big steamer trunks on the train, and then we met a bus. I was a little bit apprehensive as an 11-year-old going off for two months. Everyone went away for two months at the, that point, even though I was very well prepared for the whole experience because my father and uncle and uh, grandfather and so forth had all been to Allagash. I got on the bus. I didn't know anybody. I looked around sat down timidly in my seat, grasped my little box lunch in my lap, and then we pulled out. As soon as we did, Dick was up front, and he'd said hello to us so nicely and everything, but he was up front with the driver. Now, as soon as we pulled out, this bus was pretty full of kids from Philadelphia. As soon as we pulled out, we all looked at each other. We looked at our lunches. We smiled, and we started throwing everything we could get our hands on. <laughs> and it lasted as far as I can remember for the whole trip up there. I don't know how Dick and the bus driver tolerated it or survived. The bus was a wreck when we got there, but it was it, from, it, it was, before we even got to camp, we all knew this was the most fun we were going to ever have. <laughs> oh, I love it. Can you remember uh, some of your b best buddies and cabin mates that you had? I had wonderful cabin mates. I was in South Glen Eyre. Uh, I would like to mention all of them, uh, but I will mention a, a few who immediately come to mind. There was Denny Emery, who had been the year before, and his brothers had been before him. And, uh, and he was from Philadelphia, and we went to school together, and Denny sort of corralled me into the place. So, so special thanks to Denny. Freddie Wood, Frank Van Dusen, Peter Betts, Tom Suplee, who we lost when we were still kids to meningitis, I believe it was. Wade Dale's another one. Mm. Uh, then I would like to mention uh, the absolutely heroically wonderful counselors that we had back then led by Bob Bishop, and including Mike Westcott and Mari Heckscher, hmm. uh, the Gregory brothers, uh, Sandy DeLone, uh, Dick and, and uh, I think it was Don Coley, his brother, Hap Schroeder. Uh, did I say Bob Bishop? If I didn't, I should have put him right at the top of the list, and, and Rudy Bastura. Hmm. And there's Hill Ferguson and Jack Kissler, too. These were people we loved, we idolized, we admired, and there's still the stars in my highest pantheon. Hmm. 
And many of them are still part of Kiev to this day. Yeah, and which is fact, a wonderful thing. I'm going to see uh, Fred Wood uh, later this week. I'll, oh, I'll cool. I'll be seeing him okay, for one well, of these Don't interviews. tell him I said anything good about him. <laughs> I think what he said the last time I saw him is that you need to get your ass back up to camp to do an Allagash trip with us. <laughs> and Danny Emery <laughs> and I had paddled the Allagash together. Oh, gosh, that's about, right. Um, yeah, five he or told six me years that. ago. Yeah, that's very that cool. That would be re- really fun, seriously. Mm-hmm. And We, only we do, could do it. We only do the easy part. We put it at Churchill Dam and we put our... Paddle in the water, and yeah. we have a couple of frosty cold beverages along uh, the way. It's, it's pretty nice. fun. I think I think you might enjoy that. Good. Okay. Well, that'll get done. So we've had we've had a lot of traditions over the years up there. Can you remember some of the traditions uh, that you guys had back in the day? And we'll see if they're somewhat similar to what they are now. The flagpole was wonderful. I think flipping the uh, pancakes on Sunday mornings was wonderful, and eating them off the floor if you didn't catch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if they dusted the rafters and then came down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I love tub, which they don't have anymore. I think they called it, which was when we all got naked, soaked up, and jumped in the in the lake. Mm-hmm. I think it was Sunday morning, and it sort of guaranteed that at least once a week we'd be more or less clean. Mm-hmm. Dick instituted campfire song thing after we'd been there for a bunch of years. I guess it was when I was a counselor. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty wonderful. And then there were the larger things like the trips and and mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. So speaking of trips, what trips in your mind stand out? Can- okay, I'm going to start with the the big ones and, and uh, descend. Sure. The Canadian trip, above all, was an amazing experience for, for those who were lucky enough to go on it. I know they don't do it anymore. We did it in conjunction with a camp called Capitachuan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would drive, I think, 24 hours. Uh, Dick took us on what was probably the second or third one, because I was started as an 11-year-old, and I did it as a 13- or 14-year-old, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. We slept halfway up on the ground for a few hours, got back in the truck and kept on going, and got on it on the Canadian National and that took us to sort of within striking distance of Capitachuan itself. So to make sure I understand, you were in the back of a pickup truck for many hours. Back of a pickup truck for, I think, 24 hours total. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and with all our gear. And part of the journey was by train? And part of the journey was indeed by train. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a big adventure for us. Yeah. It was a big adventure. Plus, when we got up there, it was an amazing adventure. It was a 600-mile paddling trip, Mm. 600 miles that we did in the course of three weeks on very slim rations, I might say, with a a lot of rain. What? You still look pretty skinny. It was all because of that. (laughs) I haven't recovered. (laughs) And we were pretty proud to get ourselves through it. We did not see another camp on the way. We didn't see any tourists we saw a few camps of Native Americans who were trapping up there hmm. and, and living off the land. And that was in, in itself fascinating. And that's really about the only people we saw. It was amazing. Wow. It was amazing. We were out there in the wilderness. Hmm. Then we came, then earlier, my earlier years, we'd done wonderful trips in central Maine to the Penobscot River. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd climb Mount Katahdin. We've gone up to the we'd gone up to the Machias Lakes, which was mostly fishing. Mm-hmm. The Penobscot River was a White River trip and a wonderful trip, and we'd gone on the famous Dead River trip, where we went to Flagstaff Lake at 
uh, Mike Westcott's instigation. He was the one who sort of originated the trip. It hadn't happened before. And we paddled all the way down Flagstaff Lake, got into the dead part of the Dead River, and uh, paddled for a day through the most beautiful marshland, in, I'm sure, in, in central Maine. Got to a falls there, and then below the falls shot some rapids until our canoes all had holes in them, and then we, and then we, <laughs> then we made our way back out one way or another. And these were, these were real adventures, these trips. They, they, it rained on us a lot. It blew a lot. You know, we had to strain our young muscles, and, and it was a challenge, and, and, we, and we did it as best we could. Uh, okay, I'll mention one more trip. That was my very first. Mm-hmm. Now, I said I, I knew I was going to have fun at this place called Camp Kiev as soon as we got in the bus and things started flying. But about two weeks into camp, it was announced that we were going to have camping trips. Mm-hmm. Our first camping trip was on Damariscotta Lake as a, as a young camper, and we went to a place uh, with the uh, august and, and uh, formidable-sounding name of Pink House, mm. which was rather disappointing because uh, it, it sounded a little bit tame. But the very first night, the counselors organized us to go on a, quote, raid. Now, this was nothing we'd ever heard of, but it meant being very quiet and paddling down the lake to, I believe, Sandy Cove, where another Kiev group of young campers were, were camped. Mm-hmm. And we uh, snuck uh, through their campsite. We took all their paddles. We took their frying pans. We, uh, I can't say peed, saw that we urinated in their <laughs> campfire. That was nice of you. And then, and then uh, the counselors cut a few tent ropes and we beat it out of, out of the area. <laughs> that was really fun. And, and, uh, and it was a, an activity that we often indulged in on the, on the lake trips after that. Fun for half of the people, not yeah. so fun for the other half. I think. <laughs> well, there was, there, they were able to, if, if they were able to retaliate, they sometimes did. Oh, and there was Louds Island, too, which was a wonderful trip. Yeah. Right from the beginning. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we still do much of that, except for the raid part. <laughs> <laughs> Kindness and respect are uh, run a little more rampant these uh-huh. days. <laughs> and so, uh, clearly, your boys were there, uh, and your daughter was there, um, and your nephew. Uh, so what is, how does that feel to you to have the Perkins family uh, have two generations there, and now, pretty soon, um, your granddaughter is going to be with us? We're hoping, yeah. Mm. Well, it feels pretty wonderful to flatter ourselves to think that we're all part of the Kiev family. Because it's a wonderful family, and and we know no other that we love as much or that is like it, besides besides our own little family, I suppose. But mm-hmm. it it's just an amazing and lovely and wonderful place, and it always will be near and dear to our hearts. I have a special connection, which is that we all lived, my children, wife, and I all lived in Brazil for ten years. While we were down there, Dick came to visit. And the reason he came was because his father in the 30s had set up another camp called Paiol Grange, which means the, the big barn, uh, outside of Sao Paulo. And it had been a wonderful success there and was still going on when we lived down there. And we were able to pile in a car with Dick and Nancy and 
make our way up there to visit them there. And it, it, mm-hmm. it had the same wonderful spirit as Camp Kiev. It was, I think, a special moment for Dick because he had always heard uh, about his father's life down there, but he never had a chance to experience any of it. And here he was seeing the camp that he'd set up and seeing it thriving and meeting all the people that had gone to it in the past who were our friends and all the campers who were there then. You know, before my dad died, uh, we got an email from somebody uh, who was one of the very first campers at Pio Grande. Oh, neat. And uh, he just was casting, uh, he was just searching the internet to see if he could find our family. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, in his 70s and he found us. He said, yes, that's us. And he came to visit. How wonderful. It was, uh, uh, good. it was uh, Pio Grande meant as much to him as Kiev does to to eat. I am sure it did. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it did and does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, how has uh, Kiev impacted your life? Do you think? Immensely. Uh, for the good, and in in ways that I even find hard to express, but. In our family, the Perkins family, whenever we sit down together, it's always a focal point. There always are experiences that are remembered. There are always allusions made to what we learned there, not just about how to tie knots and, and camp out in the wilderness, but how to treat people well and, and how to respect other people and ourselves and and live as good citizens. It taught us all those things. It's it's it was amazing. <laughs> when people go to a camp like this, it teaches them self-reliance, which is a huge gift. They are in the woods with their peers. They have to live under trying circumstances. They have and that teaches them a lot about people. This is uh, they they they're, they're caught out in the rain. They're caught in a thunderstorm. They have to carry a canoe over a muddy portage until they're crying from the effort of it. Um, these, are, these are life experiences. They, you, you, you go through that and you, and you know you can accomplish things. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful character builder. Mm-hmm. I also want to say that they had and have chapel at Camp Kiev. Um, I remember Nancy playing on the little pump organ, pumping away while someone turned the pages for uh, beautifully on the little organ, those those wonderful hymns that we would sing. Mm -hmm. And Dick would offer prayers and then give a sermon. It wasn't a sermon, really. It was a talk. But... If I don't remember his words, I remember the spirit of what he taught us, and it was wonderful. And they were, as much as anything, my moral education. I think my friends and fellow campers will say the same. They They were a very special moment. Well, I have some good news. When I went through my dad's papers after he passed away, uh, I found a bunch of his sermons, and so I hadn't known he even wrote them down. Yeah, That's fantastic. In, in that classic handwriting of yep, his, so yep. I'm, I'm going to uh, scan them and put them up on our website in his handwriting. Good. I think people would love to. That's to see really them again. neat. Yeah. That is really neat. I would love to see them again. 
after all these years. So today, uh, Kiev, frankly, is pretty much the same as it was uh, when you were there. What What do you think um, is important about the uh, about modern day camp for a child today? I think what I said before about it building self reliance yeah. and and experience in the woods. I think camp life should remain simple. The simpler it is, the more uh, the person develops self-reliance because they've got to get through whatever it is that that is uncomfortable or difficult. You know, if um, if they're always warm in their down sleeping bag and they've got a beautiful tent so they never get wet and they've got pads on their shoulders so the canoes don't dig into them too much on the portages, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit, it, it gets a little bit less challenging and, uh, and in a sense, less valuable as an experience. Mm-hmm. So no pain, no gain, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys understand these yeah. things. Yeah. Um, so do you have, uh, you've, you've given me a bunch of memories. Is there another memory that you can think of um, that you haven't given us yet? We used to do raids in the cabins, Henry, that we, we called them raids. They were pillow fights. Mm-hmm. And if, if a raid broke out, and it usually did break out, it was usually something we did because we were contravening the rule, which was that after taps, we were in bed. Uh, we could only get out of bed to go to the bank, which is not a, the physical uh, um, uh, description, which is not something I'll enter into the record here, the banks. The but, bank was the bathroom, I will tell you. Yeah, and it was a couple hundred yards away from the nearest cabin. And in the middle of the night, that was a tough one. Uh, but we did it. We did it. Anyway, um, raids we did in uh, defiance of, of the camp, and we would uh, rush into another cabin, turn over everyone's bed if we could, and, uh, and try to beat them up with pillowcases. We were usually egged on by the counselors, <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> to incoming campers, I'll say this. Get ready. You're going to have the most fun of your life. (laughs) And if there's anything I can say to all of us who've been there, it would be only come back, keep the ties, and send a check once in a while. (laughs) You're a good man. (laughs) Hopefully everything's good. Over and out. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in today, and we'll see you next time. In praise of old Kiev, my boys, hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. In spirit on our hearts engraved, fond memories of Kiev. Hip, hip, rah, 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 tag, 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 sis, 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 boom, 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 ba. Kiev, Kiev, Kiev.